up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie. My name is Jibril Sahimi, and I am the Newbie. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, fellow film lover, occasionally capable of insight. Rafael Luca, thespian, cinephile, and human gold retriever. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to the Movie Newbie. Merry Christmas. I hope you love that little Christmas jingle that I have on right now. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, today is the 25th. I hope everyone's having a great day. You don't have to be listening today, but Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, and hopefully you have a great new year. So today, unfortunately, we don't have Raf. He's had to pull out last minute due to unforeseen circumstances. Boom. <laughs> but we have the other usual dude, uh, our resident Santa Claus. <laughs> um, Ollie. <laughs> Wait, what's that supposed to mean? I don't know. I'll be Mrs. Santa Claus. Because <laughs> I'm like jolly and I'm like roly poly and jolly. Well, no, because we're going to be talking about Christmas movies. So I don't know. I couldn't really think about anything else. What's Elf's dad's called? No, no, it's yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great comparison. I love being the Santa Claus of the group. I, I love that. Always sneaking down your chimneys late at night. Um, yeah, um, but we don't talk about that. Hey, everyone, <laughs> Merry Christmas! Yeah, so this is strange for us because we're back on the virtual recording, the remote recording. So if we're kind of yeah, the online yeah, edition, it's so weird because like we've been in a studio for the last like twelve episodes or what, like the last three months. So it's kind of strange doing this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I'm not sure if I like it that much. I, I want to be be back with my movie newbie guys in the room in the flesh and we were just talking about this as well like i haven't had to use my microphone um for for like for over half a year i think is when we were i think it was like the like early summer or like may or june of 2022 that we were we finished our previous season and stopped recording online and so i literally had to like unearth it under a mountain of boxes in the back of my cupboard because i've been um, I've moved since then and spoiler alert, it did still didn't work as well. So now I'm just <laughs> using my crappy computer headphone, uh, microphone. Um, but yes, yeah, we were just mentioning that there's all this technical admin that you have to do the moment you, uh, we would record an episode online. Yeah. Like despite the fact that we were doing it on a weekly basis for over for like two yeah, years, which is crazy. I always had pro- issues. Someone always had major, major technical mm. problems at the beginning. And when we record in the studio, we do still sometimes have technical problems, but it just becomes Jabril's job. Whereas yeah. me, and Ra- me and Raf just chill and kick it for 10 minutes while like Jabril figures out what's, what, how the um, <laughs> microphones were screwed up yeah. by the last people exactly. who were recording in the studio. Yeah, so, it's usually, yeah. I don't know, I guess because we're all together, we're like, ah, whatever, we can like share the load and like, I don't know, moral support, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's kick it to this episode, you know, we, we want to keep it nice and sweet. Today is Christmas, well technically today's christmas we were recording this a little bit beforehand because we're going to be doing stuff on christmas too um (laughs) but yeah so we put out a little thing on instagram to figure out what christmas films we should like have a little chat about because we figured we did a theme last year uh but we didn't really want to do a theme this year so uh, we put out a little thing and people a lot of people suggested elf um so i think yeah the the suggestions were elf um a christmas story and uh shoot i can't remember the third one um but elf came out on top so we're gonna have a little bit of a chat about elf then we're gonna oh it was um elf a christmas story jingle all the way way. i was actually quite keen to watch 
because I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, really? I always, I remember seeing the trailer for it a bunch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was. Um, do you remember when you had VHSs as yeah. a kid, and you'd watch your favorite VHS like ten yeah. times a day? And it would um, at the beginning of the VHS, if you didn't want to fast forward it, they would often play trailers, trailers for other movies that were coming out on VHS. Uh, that were probably made by the same studio yeah. or something. And Jingle All the Way was on my copy of Home Alone Three, which I watched every day for about about three times for two weeks before nice. Christmas when I was a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, um, and we've yeah. never done Arnold, so uh, like we've never had Arnold on the show, right? Is it Jingle All the Way, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, right? Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Simba. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty chill. So, Elf. That's the movie we're talking about today. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so I watched Elf last night, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. Um, I think it's this is not going to be like one of those movies where I was like, this is my first time watching it, so I don't know how I feel about it. Like I've, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen Elf yeah. quite a few times by this point. If you celebrate Christmas... Or if you at all participate in sort of like the Christmas culture or the Christmas scene in the days leading up to Christmas every year, else always on TV this time of year. People, I think people watch it a lot because it's one of the, I think it's like one of the um, critically better received or better um, um, appreciated Christmas movies. Like a lot of Christmas movies are really cheesy and quite bad. So yeah, I think everyone has seen elf because it's one of the generally better appreciated um, Christmas movies from a critical standpoint, because most Christmas movies are almost like by their own mission, pretty terrible. And you just put up with them because it's Christmas time. But I, I think most people admit like elf's actually legitimately quite a good movie. Like it's a fun comedy. It's um, good vibes for the whole family. So you can watch it with the family, but there's like, uh, there's like, it's not, it's not like overly saccharine. It's got like a, quite a wicked sense yeah. of humor. Will Ferrell's great. So so people just watch this film every year. So I've seen it a yeah. ton. Um, I think I'm a bit of, I've said this before on the podcast, I'm a bit of a Scrooge. So I'm always predisposed to hate Christmas <laughs> movies. I genuinely don't like most of them. Um, and I hate, I, I don't like Christmas movies. I don't like Christmas music. Anything that you're forced <laughs> to do for Christmas, i just not a fan of. But I think it was pretty good. I liked it. I had a good time watching yeah. it last night. I um, I think like first impressions are that Will Ferrell just runs away with this movie. I don't think it works if you don't have someone like Will mm -hmm. Ferrell. I was actually reading um, some of the Wikipedia <laughs> uh, entry for it before, and apparently this movie was first developed in like the early 90s, and at one point they had Jim Carrey yeah. and Chris Farley attached to the lead yep. role. And so I was like, man, I was trying to... I think Chris Farley would have been pretty funny, but I think this Will Ferrell owns this film. I love um, his physical comedy... I think some of my favorite scenes in the film are just him just running around New York City being weird and bonkers and, and sort of showing off his physical comedy. Yeah. And I think they really play well with the that sight gag of him being a six foot three guy playing an elf. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think the casting also works really well. Like yeah. they <clears throat> I think they cast um a lot of actors that you wouldn't expect in this type of James film, like Khan. James Kahn. Sonny from The Godfather is playing his dad's. Yeah, you've got um, Ed Asner playing Santa Claus. You've got Bob Newhart playing his dad. I just think it's really um, against type, and I think that adds to the to why this movie is quite a success. So yeah, those are my initial thoughts. I enjoyed it. What about you, Jabril? 
I mean, yeah, uh, pretty much exactly what you said. I think what's great about this movie is not only the like the critical acclaim, but um, the fact that it's, I guess, a new Christmas story. You know, like it's not something that's a children's mm. book or adapted from the past. It's kind of like the modern. Um, take on like a classic Christmas story and um, it's our generation's, I guess, Christmas film, you know, like it came out in 2003. Um, and yeah. yeah, it was hilarious. Like this is um, pre game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage. Like this is when he was maybe more of a, yeah, <laughs> I guess typecast kind of character. Um, so it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just have loads of fond memories of this movie. Uh, just like that nostalgia feeling of like watching it as a kid and then watching it as you grow older and then seeing, I mean, like going through the jokes and being like, oh, I get this joke in a different way now or like different things. You know, like the, I found the manager really hilarious. Yeah. In, yeah. The manager of, I don't know, it was probably like Macy's or something, whatever <laughs> yeah. department store. Uh, Gimbals. Gimbals. Um, does that place exist? Is that a real place? Not that I'm aware of. No, right. I, I haven't heard of it before. It sounds to me like a sort of um, a spin on Macy's. But then again, I'm not from New York. So maybe mm -hmm. it did exist at some point. Yeah, I have no idea. So yeah, just initial thoughts off the, the, off the bat. Like, hilarious movie. I really like it. Maybe the ending is a little bit too cheesy. Like the whole christmas i was gonna say thing. i was like, gonna say the same the yeah. exact same thing i think the, the 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 moment the plot actually needs to resolve or like yeah move into place and they suddenly have like santa Claus sleigh and everyone needs to sing to lift it up like i just i yeah. disengage completely like yeah. frankly the last five ten minutes i'm like and eh, the movie's kind of over for me anyway at this point yeah because exactly. i don't really care about any of this stuff yeah it's that's the that's i think for the kids that watched the movie, right? Like that's the most important part. But like for me, that was the least Absolutely. important part. Yeah. I think the the ending is where you need to bring in a lot of the, the, the morality that a lot of Christmas movies do have. Because if you think about it, this movie does contain elements of other classic Christmas stories. Like I really like what you said about how this is a new Christmas story. It's not a Christmas carol, mm. which is why I think it's successful. But it does contain elements of that because if you think about it, the dad is kind of like a Scrooge character mm -hmm. in that he's lost his way. Um, he's become grumpy. He works too hard. He doesn't spend any time with his family. And through his experience with Buddy, he learns the true meaning of Christmas and becomes a more present father. So yada, 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 you get those, that message in there, which I think is less interesting, but it, it's what makes it a timeless Christmas movie at the end of the day. So yeah, let's move on to some quick fire questions, I guess. Um, I guess we're going to skip the bonus question. Uh, but yeah, uh, quick yeah. fire. Let's say favorite scene. Let's go. Okay, favorite scene. Uh, I'm going to steal it off the bat. I think it's Miles Finch's meeting at the office. So that's the Peter Dinklage mm -hmm. character. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the uh, I think some of some of the jokes about his his size are maybe I did wonder perhaps maybe you wouldn't go go so far today. Yeah. Maybe it's they're a little bit um, cliched, but I just think that the physical comedy is really good. And Peter Dinklage is, is just awesome as well. Yeah. So yeah. What about you? Um, I'm going to go with the, the Zoe Deschanel shower scene. <laughs> it sounds so weird, but when they're singing together, the little duet, um, that, all right, calm down. 
um yeah the duet i thought that was a really sweet moment and it like really puts it to perspective it's kind of like tarzan you know it's like a spin on that like you know raised by wolves or raised by monkeys or like now you're raised by elves so yeah um, yeah absolutely it's a, i it's really a, like that kind of thing yeah he's like he has no sexual boundaries or or like just awareness of how creepy he's coming across yeah by like sitting in the bar in the shower in the in the bathroom while this other woman is showering yeah thinking she's alone yeah um yeah and i think i love how that foregrounds um Zoe Deschanel's singing voice, which I just think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had a real soft spot for Zoe Deschanel, but particularly when I was a teenager, I, I, think I listened she was to her every, band, she and him, yeah. and I, I, I watched all the videos of her singing. I think she was every yeah. kid's, like <laughs> teenage kid's like dream girl at the time of us growing up. I remember like 50 Days of Summer. <laughs> yeah. Was it 50 Days of Summer? 500 Days of 500 Summer. 500 Days of Summer. There was, um, yeah, anyways, I don't want to go on a tangent. Okay, uh, favorite performance? Um, Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, mm. so Buddy's Buddy's dad, the adoptive father. Mm. I just really love that comedian. He's a he's someone who's probably not well remembered today, but he he had his own sitcom like in the fifties and sixties. He's a famous um, stand up comedian. Yeah, he just has a really stammering delivery that I find very charming, and he's yeah. a good narrator. Yeah, so yeah, um, I'm gonna go with James Caan just because of like the. The, who the actor is and like him playing in this movie is just like such a mind fuck. Like I never in a billion years would I think like James Conn to play in like a Christmas movie like <laughs> yeah. this. So yeah, simply for that. Okay. Let's go with mm, favorite quote. Favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Is that's a favorite quote, right? Uh, I've written down, uh, you sit on a throne of lies, <laughs> which is what Buddy says to um, the Santa Claus, the fake Santa Claus in the department store, played by Artie Lang, who's another radio podcasting legend as well. But, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You might recognize him. He's, he was on Howard Stern's podcast for years. Mm. Um, he, he does a lot of other people's radio shows and podcasts. He's a com- stand-up comedian. Um, but yeah. He was also in, um, uh, what was it? Old school. He was in a bunch of those early 2000s comedies. He was in um, like a lot of Adam Sandler films. Right. Yeah. I, it's hard to find like a quotable thing in this movie. Um, it's more like funny moments. Like, yeah, I can't remember the quote, but like uh, when he sees Santa and he's like, that's Santa. Then he's like, you're not Santa. <laughs> like... <laughs> I can't find the exact yeah. quote, but uh, yeah. that's that's the one. <laughs> it's more about the delivery than the line itself. Yeah, it's more the delivery. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, um, armchair moment. I, I was gonna I was gonna say we, that uh, the the ending was a little cheesy for me. That's the thing. I would maybe make it a little less, tone it down a little bit. Uh, but what do you think? Yeah, I I think my I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I said that the resolution felt a little bit pat and forced um i i also think you know this is just my personal preference but i i read somewhere that the original script for this was a little bit more pg-13 so it leaned more heavily into those darker elements right um and i personally would have liked to have seen a little bit more dark comedy yeah that's just because you know i'm a cynical weird old person <laughs> if i think this if they had gone darker this movie probably wouldn't stand up so much as a christmas classic for the whole family True. so it's probably best that they didn't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to 
give it a quick rating. I'm going to go with um, a classic, you know, easy peasy, 7 out of 10 um, uh, spaghetti, syrup, spaghetti, disgusting, whatever that was, <laughs> candy gumdrops, spaghetti bolognese. Ugh. Oh, man. What do you, when he was eating that um, plate of spaghetti piled with syrup and I think it was like M&Ms and Pop-Tarts, I, I almost gagged watching it because I just thought, oh, poor Will Ferrell. I wonder how many takes of this he had to do because that must have been absolutely foul. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 um, angry Central Park Rangers. <laughs> All right. Well... Thank you for this little quick little Christmas thing. We're going to move on to some more news, I guess, updates on life, you know, the usual bonus mm. note stuff. So I guess since we're recording this a week before Christmas, uh, a little special something happened last night. Maybe this is why Raf didn't want to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, he's probably crying. <laughs> yeah, he's... um. I think <laughs> he's just wrapped himself in his France flag and is sobbing himself to sleep quietly yeah no no but actually we do know what's what's happening um his parents i think uh surprised the whole family with like avatar 2 tickets so they're gonna go watch avatar 2 um in singapore and i'm gonna guess it's probably imax or something crazy cool um so yeah we're gonna be chatting right now Well, either, either way he's gonna be busy for like three and a half hours because that yeah. film is long.com <laughs> yeah and apparently you're not allowed to go and pee actually that's not what james cameron said he said um he said you're allowed to pee i think that's what everyone else was saying he said go pee if you want to it's not a big deal oh right um well anyways uh world cup damn that was freaking cool like that was one of the best games i've ever seen in my life that was what i was watching this weekend at least or the last few weeks um because wow like talk about dramatic (laughs) holy crap yeah it was it was um it was an unbelievable result for Argentina. Um, I think the it just did not disappoint. Like I, I, I was sort of watching or keeping a tab on it, but then I had something to do. I'll admit during the second half, <gasps> and so I kept I, I turned away from it. But when it, but when I left, it was like two nil to Argentina. It was like eighty minutes, and I was like, this game kind of seems like it's wrapped up. But just in keeping with the spirit of this World Cup so far, it just it just you take your eyes away and just some crazy shit happens yeah. next thing you know two goals in two minutes then two goals in extra time and then a fucking penalty shooter three penalties from uh killian mbappe yeah and three goals as well and he, and he scored three. each one of them same way as well like same direction yeah. which is insane um but yeah it's just such a monumentous time because i guess the legends of our youth are now kind of um retiring and they're not going to play a world cup like this is messi's last world cup uh cristiano ronaldo's last world cup you know big names like moderich benzema would have probably had this might have been benzema's last world cup so um it's the changing of the guard you know the new new kids are coming in so it's really nice to see i mean i don't know if like jordan if you see jordan henderson for example from the england squad i don't know if he's going to be playing in the next world cup who knows right how old is he uh he's 32 or 33 so it's uh yeah Probably not. Probably not then, right? Yeah. Like yeah. England's a fairly young squad, which is what I'm excited yeah. about, which is that in four years, 
you know, Jude Bellingham's going to be four years older. Saka's mm. going to be four years older. You know, Rashford, um, uh, uh, Grealish is going to be yeah. four. Yeah, Rashford, exactly. Um, Declan Rice. Yeah, all of those players are going to be... Foden's going to be older, and I think they're going to be a, a squad to be reckoned with. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you're right. On the other side, a lot of older players, a lot of legends were probably mm. um, bowing out on the international stage. And so it didn't disappoint as well. Like, this yeah. was... This really was one of the the best World Cups in terms of entertainment value oh, I've yeah. ever watched. I've probably sure. ever watched, frankly. Yeah, because there was drama. Like Qatar, really, you know, I, they did, they did, they did it. Yeah, I mean, there was literally everything about football and not about football. Like this was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, other than that, other than football, I haven't really been watching much. Um, I want to. I, th- I want to really like catch up on that knives that knives out series. I've never seen it before. Like the the movies, the one that came out in 2019 Ooh. and the one that came yeah. out this year. I heard it's good. I yeah. never really gave it a chance because I always think when I when I see too many names, like too many actors' names that are like big and stuff. I'm like kind of uh, maybe it's a bit of a gimmick that there's so many of them in there. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of like my plan for the next few days before Christmas. Oh yeah, I think you'll enjoy them because I I. I think they're just they're they're very they're they're smart but they're they're very entertaining they're funny they're well shot so I think there's a lot of elements that you enjoy in in films that you'll get out of those and then it, they're fun because they they don't take themselves too seriously but they're murder mysteries as well so there's um a puzzle element to it and and Ryan Johnson's a really talented filmmaker I've been following him since I was a teenager when he released Brick which is still like one of my favorites mm-hmm. underseen indie films. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I even liked his Star Wars film, which a lot of people don't like, um, with The Last Jedi. But um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've been watching a lot of the World Cup, but I've also been watching a lot of movies. I have to say, wow. because <laughs> um, yeah, I it's too many movies really, because this is already a busy time of year. But I, I'm. I'm like gunning it because I want to make sure I've seen as much as possible for um, so I can make my top 10 list of the year or top 15 list mm. at the end of the year. Um, so I've been hitting it hard. Um, I don't want to mention there's too many I can, I'll be I to mention right now. And also I think we're going to be releasing some lists of our own later on in the um, later on in the year before the, before the new year, perhaps. So I don't want to spoil anything that's going to be on there. So I'll just mention <clears throat> a couple of things really quickly that won't end up on my list. Um, I saw um, Armageddon time, uh, which was, um, it's a new, it's a, it's from the director called James Gray. It's got Anne Hathaway and Jeremy Strong, who's mm-hmm. from Succession. And it's another entry in what's become quite a popular genre recently, where a lot of directors are making films about their own childhoods. They're loosely based on their own stories. So Alfonso Cuaron did it with, Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like Steven Spielberg's got a film coming out called The Fablemans, which does something similar too. Um, I think it's yeah. Anyway, it's called Armageddon Time. I did really enjoy it. I think it's it's set in 1980 New York. It's got a great performance from Anthony Hopkins as well. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, it was really sad. Uh, I thought actually, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was quite moving. It won't end up on my top list of the year, but I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a film called Emily the Criminal with Aubrey Plaza. 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 Why am I saying Plaza? Yeah, Plaza. Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, yeah, Aubrey Plaza from Plaza. Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Aubrey Plaza on the Plaza. But um, yeah, it's called Emily the Criminal. It's like a really small indie thriller, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's What I liked about it is that it was kind of like Parasite in that it was a genre film that was kind of taking the um, the economic difficulties or like that we're in at the moment, or it's kind of looking at late stage capitalism and the gig economy and looking at like very real situations a lot of people find themselves in where even if they've been to university and gotten a degree, they still can't find stable work mm-hmm. or they still can't, it's hard to find a job. And so they're ta- they're gigging and it's about um, an art school graduate who's middle class, who just ends up um, getting into credit card fraud and working for an, sort of this criminal underground enterprise with this Syrian guy um, mm. in L.A. And it's, it's just really, really cool. I really liked where it, a lot of what it did. So I'd, I'd really shout that out for people. Nice. They should go check that out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just quickly on the TV side, I finished White Lotus Season 2. Ooh. Absolutely loved it. Such a good ride. I'd recommend that to, to anyone. Sweet. Yeah, so I guess I, because I, I also do a little um, top 10 list of like out my favorite albums, films, and podcasts. So I guess on the film section of things, uh, I guess, I don't know, pretty, pretty uh, basic. Well, maybe not so basic, but I truly loved um, Fire of Love. Thank you, Ollie, for the recommendation. Um, mm. It's probably like, at least now I can say probably one of my favorite films ever because it's just so beautiful. I love that archival footage. Um, so yeah, that's definitely going to go up there. Um, and, and you can watch that on Disney plus, right? Yeah. You can watch it on Disney plus, which is great. It's a national geographic production, I believe. Yeah. And I just love documentaries. That's something that maybe uh, we can do in the future of this podcast, maybe do some documentary um, reviews or something, but uh Really love that. I don't know. I think it's hard for me to choose like a 2022 list because I always watch things like a year later. Like, um, like yeah, a lot of the movies that I watched to this year were from 2021 or like just catching up on things. It's the same with TV shows. Um, I can't really think of any TV shows that I mean, like White Lotus. I need to check that out. I need to check that out. Anyways, sorry. I was just like thinking out loud. Have you been watching Andor? <laughs> Uh, no, not really. Uh, it hasn't really, um, I haven't really caught on to it, but then I also have been really busy and, uh, I just haven't really had the time to like sit down and actually concentrate on Andor. Um, I think I've got, I've gone like halfway through the, the show, um, when they do the, the high sequence, but I haven't checked, like I haven't finished the, the series yet. Be- because I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it myself either. Um, mm. but I haven't watched any of the Star Wars shows, mm. but I've heard from so many people I respect that Andor is not just a great Star Wars show. It's just great drama, mm. period. It's like, like the saving the grace of, the year. of like what they were saying for The Mandalorian. They're saying uh, for this movie, like ten, uh, this show, like tenfold. They're saying it's a lot better because it's it's also a longer series. Uh, yeah, it is. It, you're right. It is, it is longer, isn't it? Because it's about 12 episodes, but also... What's cool about it is that they've actually hired phenomenal um, writers to write and direct blocks of episodes. So they had Tony Gilroy, who's written, who wrote the Bourne Ultimatum, the Bourne films, and he wrote Michael Clayton, 
He did a bunch of episodes. Then they had Bo Willimon, the guy who was the showrunner of House of Cards with mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. Mm. He wrote, so they write these, they've hired these writers who are not known for writing Star like sci-fi or genre stuff or Disney stuff. Yeah. They're like just great espionage or political drama writers. Yeah. And they're doing this show. And I've, I've heard it's, it's really paid off. But every time I try to sit down and watch it, I don't know, I just have some sort of Star Wars prejudice or bias in my head like i had some time to myself the other night i switched on disney plus i was like this show is meant to be bonkers good mm-hmm. i turn it on and then i just in the first couple of minutes i see a spaceship fly over a city and i'm just like nah dog i'm out and i just like let's just turn it off and i'm just like i just can't seem to break through i i just, I'm just I maybe I'll take maybe it'll take me a couple of years to come back to Star maybe. Wars, but um, yeah, yeah, I haven't. Seen I mean, it like now. to be very honest, like I I grew up being like a Star Wars kid. I loved it, but ever since I started watching Star Trek and how it's just such a just a way more intelligent piece of like it's just in a yeah. more intelligent universe. Um, I I get the same thing when I see like a little robot droid in Star Wars and it's like bloop 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 and then it's like I don't know it's just so um <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah 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 like Star Trek seems more real I guess because it's like in the future and it's more positive yeah it's well that's that's what they say about Star Trek isn't it is that it's part of Gene Roddenberry's vision was that it was all about the hope and promise of mm. the future it's like an optimistic and, and look can, at and where yeah. we can get with 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 yeah with space exploration. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about the future, um, we wanted to have a little bit of chat about uh, this podcast and what we're going to do because we're kind of going to take a little break again. We just finished up season three, and um, yeah, we just wanted to sh- like talk about what we have for the future. I think one of the main things was we want to bring in more guests again, um, guests that can mm-hmm. uh, like maybe more specialists, you know, like that actually work in the film and TV industry. Um, and then more of the fun stuff, you know, like the usual friends of the show kind of thing. Um, so that's what we have in store. We're going to try and uh, plan a few guests for, for next year. And I think we also want to, yeah, we've, we've spoken about it before, uh, but having a little bit more social media content, um, since that has been, I guess, helping us a little bit with our reach, um, in the last, yeah. uh, since we've done season three, we've had way more listeners, uh, way more monthly subscribers, which is great. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I guess the updates from me. I don't know if there's anything else that I, w- I was going to say, Ollie, was there, was there anything else? Well, I think if, well, I mean, no, I don't think there are any, there's anything else we've missed out. I think we we as a group haven't really sat down and discussed in detail yet what our plans are for season four of the show. I think it would be people, we love bringing on guests. We love talking with guests and it's a great way to um, expand your audience for sure. I think if I may just, you know, um, peel back the curtain a little bit so that our listeners can see what's on our mind, I suppose, is that what I loved about this season is that uh, we've committed to doing it in the studio. And I think that has made our podcasts, if I may say so, just a lot better. Like I yeah. think the conversation is better. The sound, the, the sound quality, the production quality, of course, is better because you're in a, in a professional studio. And I've also just really enjoyed being in that space with you guys. Um, and we've been able to space out the recordings as well. I just, 
I love everything about it. I just think it's a net positive all over the place. But at the same time, I think if we want to bring in guests, that makes things tricky because when you're doing it online or virtually or remotely, you can be a lot more flexible with your timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we want to record in the studio in the future, which I think we do, it's harder to get guests in there because unless they sort of, I suppose, unless yeah. they dial it in. I mean, there is a, there is a remote solution. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a remote solution to do it in the studio and just have the guests come in remotely. But, um, that's more because, uh, yeah. we've never really had to have that situation and I've never really had to go and do it, but it's not. Well, difficult. we did that with them, Ali and Joseph. Yeah. I but I fucked the it one up. Time. I messed it up. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> I remember messing up that recording, um, we- which was, yeah. Well, because I, I freaked out, tell. and they had they were like short on time, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I completely agree with you with what you said there. Uh, just being in the studio, just being around you guys, like in person, you know, there are certain things. There's like the the nonverbal communication that like makes the podcast Absolutely. a little bit better. Better. Um, I mean, just doing this episode right now, Ollie and I have had like lag issues. Um, <laughs> like waiting for each other. And then he's like, uh, 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 like hopefully I've edited it to, so it yeah. sounds good. <laughs> um, but yeah, the difficulties in yeah. doing the remote stuff, um, is yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of shitty. Um, and I think, uh, the editing as well, the, from a post-production standpoint, doing it in the studio is easier because generally there are fewer mistakes. Our audio is all lined up again. This is a bit inside of baseball, so this might not be interesting, but for Jabril, who edits the like 99% of our episodes, it's made your life a little bit easier as well, hasn't it? Oh, way, way, way easier. Um, yeah, I like much prefer it. <laughs> but I still edit loads yeah. of Riverside yeah. stuff for my other clients. So um, I'm still y- used to the editing process. Yeah. It's just, yeah, the actual recording process is a bit weird. Um, but yeah. We should... You know, we've never actually given you a, a, a blast, sorry, on this podcast, but <laughs> if, for anyone who's listening out there who needs a, a professional podcast producer, I think Jabril's actually got too many clients at this yeah. point, but he's obviously amazing at what he does. So if there's anyone else there that needs a podcast pro- edited and produced, whether it's remote or in a studio, Jabril's your man, so hit him up. Thank you. In yeah. the show notes. Check it out in the show notes below. <laughs> um, uh yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, happy holidays to uh, whatever you're celebrating. Um, I think I'm not sure if Hanukkah is still happening. Um, yeah, all the holidays, the celebrations. I think everyone... Hanukkah was like today, actually, or oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Well, I mean, like, I think so. I, I don't really know. I... Yeah. Since this is the 25th, sure. right? We're recording on the 19th, but this is the 25th that this episode comes out. Um, but oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh but yeah, I hope you're having a lovely time with family, friends, or by yourself if you hate other people. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> or if you yeah. just don't want to see your family, which is completely yeah. legitimate. A lot of Some people, people hate hate family stuff at Christmas. They're like, I'm going to the Bahamas. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to avoid my racist uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so Thank you for coming and uh, catch you on the next one whenever that happens. Nice. Uh, All right. Before we go, uh, we have a little special 
uh, transmission coming in from uh, Singapore right now. And it's Raf actually just stepping out of the Avatar movie out, out of the cinema. And he's going to give us a few initial thoughts on what he thinks of Avatar 2. Uh, hopefully spoiler free because not all of us have watched the movie. But yeah, catch that and uh, catch you on the next one. Jobin, uh, see you on the flippity do. Uh, movie newbie movers, uh, yeah, <laughs> ciao. Hey, folks, I just got back from the cinema after watching Avatar 2 The Way of Water, and I mean, that is my review. Um, no, look, it, I, I think it was, it was somewhat nice to, to come back to to this world to see what James Cameron had been digging up and excavating and, and, and trying to do um, after the first one. I had kind of forgotten about everything, um, to be honest. It's not something I frequently revisited. Um, it's not something I ever thought was going to be a sequel, uh, let alone four to five films um, for future installments. But, um, you know, I had fun. There was slight entertainment to be had. I did think it was overlong, which then in turn made it overindulgent. Um, there was some narrative flaws or just incon- inconsistencies, um, which made it difficult to follow. There was also way too many stories in this story. So I think it was trying to be uh, too many films uh, without spoiling anything. Uh, and yeah, I just don't think I give an F about Avatar anymore. You know, the first movie was entertaining, visually stunning. This one, kind of the same deal. Yeah, slightly entertaining and visually, yeah, stunning. It's, it's technically, it's impressive, but I came in with those expectations already. Um, so those were easily met. Whereas the story, you know, where's it going? Um, but hey, if you're looking to just, you know, zone out for three hours and 15 minutes and just have a bit of escapism, that's what this is for. That's what Avatar's for. James Cameron knows how to entertain. I'll give him that. He knows how to make a blockbuster. Um, and he kind of knows how to, you know, make you remain in your seat for those three hours without having to really zone out. Though I did, but I was tired. I was tired. I had a, had a big night <laughs> the night before. Um, anyways, this is way too long a review. So this is my note. This is my review, short and sweet. Um, yeah, if you're into Avatar, I think you'll be pleased with this one and you'll find it entertaining. But if you're not, meh, there you are.